Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are very glad to be with you this week because we get to recap a dub. That's our favorite kind of episode. We beat Wyoming. We're going to recap that with you, and we are going to recap week four college football as a whole. It's going to be a lot of fun. Before we get into the episode, make sure you are following us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal2RoyalPod, where you will find a lot of fun and interactive content. Make sure you're checking out our website too, royalstrongandtrue.com. If you're enjoying the episode, please leave a five-star review on your platform of choice. Make sure you're sharing the episode with your friends, downloading. Let's get to the episode now. Let's have some fun and let's bool. Go Tigers. That field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over here, that's right! Let's back this bula. Yeah! Ah! Let's go wild, Let's man. Go, baby. Let's go. Welcome in, listeners, to yet another episode of The Best Podcast. Number one, baby. First things first. Get your time machine. Travel back to the Victorian era. And find a lovely feather duster. Made of giant feathers that you can sweep along surfaces to clear dust. Okay. Why are we doing this, you might ask? Why? Well... To perform housekeeping. Housekeeping, baby. Tis the time. Uh, first item, BYU remains 19th in the AP Top 25. Uh, I don't I don't think we can be mad about this, right? No. That's, that's probably pretty accurate, I would say. Honestly, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. I mean, nothing too crazy happened in front of us for us to move up, and it wasn't a, an impressive enough performance against Wyoming to jump up just because of our own performance. So, no, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Kansas, four <laughs> no, blue blood powerhouse, unranked. Yeah, make that make sense. What in the I, bloody I coconuts is up with that? I cannot tell it, me. It doesn't make no sense. It don't make no sense n- to nobody. Look at the resumes of Kansas and the resumes of basically half the teams in the top twenty-five. Kansas has a better resume. Kansas has not only beat two power five teams, but also has two true road wins. Mm-hmm. Mm. What the heck? They're like one of three undefeated teams to do that. And they're not ranked. They have better wins than USC. Mm-hmm. They have better wins than Clemson. Uh-huh. They have better wins than Kentucky. That's uh-huh. for sure. Way better wins than Kentucky. Much more impressive performances than Kentucky. The, than Pitt. Uh, better wins than Pitt, for sure. Better wins than Oklahoma State. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just going through the top ten. And I can tell you off the top of my head... Just looking at them right now, NC State, much better. Oh, yeah. Much better mm-hmm. wins. They have a better, like if you were to do a blind resume and take their wins mm-hmm. at West Virginia versus Houston, right, um, against 3-0 Duke at home, they should be a top 10 team. If that was an SEC team, I guarantee you this would yeah. be a top 10 team. They'd guarantee be, They'd be right. top five. <laughs> yeah. Top five if it's SEC. For sure. The SEC bias is unreal. Uh, AP voters should all... Get their jobs revoked. Yep. Uh, maybe not their jobs, but their AP voting status yes. revoked. 
Yes. Uh, get rid of the nice. AP, go back to the BCS rating system until the CFP playoff rankings come out. Yes, and then just throw away everything else and we'll just focus on the CFP. Yep. Yep, that's all that matters. Okay. Uh, next, we've got some... Proper. 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 So, uh, the men's national team played on Friday morning. Mm. Really? It was, they're in Europe at the moment, Ooh. even though they're the United States national team. That's a little oh weird. Oh my. Um, We're just starting the takeover early. Yep. <laughs> exactly. The queen died. we got to go and claim our stake. Uh, on Friday at 6.30 a.m., they played Japan. Oh. In one of their last two games before the World Cup. Nice. Only two games. <laughs> It did not go well. Oh. Unfortunately. It was not a confidence booster. They lost 2-0 to Japan, who is a pretty good team, but they're playing England, Wales, and Iraq, I think. Japan is not much better than <laughs> those other teams. Um, so I'm losing confidence in our coach, both his tactics and his player selection, his rosters. But I will say we do have the talent to still make some noise, especially if we can pull it together. Um, our last game before the World Cup is on Tuesday against Saudi Arabia, mm. of all teams. Nice. Um, <laughs> so that will be very telling. I hope it goes well. It'll be basically the PGA Tour versus the Live Tour yeah, in exactly. a football match. In football version. <laughs> I don't know football. soccer, but in last World Cup, Japan did beat Germany, right? Is that a thing? Yes, they made it I to the round mission, so. of eight, I think. Oh, they they did pretty well. So Japan's okay, respectable. Yeah, respectable. Uh, I will. Jerry, you said you were on your mission as if all three of us were on our missions <laughs> at the exact same time. I was in Japan at the time. Dan, well, Danny was in Japan. I literally remember I was in a like I was visiting a less active member, Denny's, and he was looking at the game on his phone the whole time we were talking <laughs> to him about the gospel. <laughs> Love it. Very nice. Um, yeah, I, I'm worried about this World Cup. I was very hyped coming into it, but yeah. the last couple of results have been closer than expected, and now it has kind of come to a head, and I don't know. Uh, we we got to pull it together, got to pull our heads out of you-know-where, and uh, mm-hmm. start playing some real football. Don't got to start winning yeah. until the World Cup actually starts, so Ooh. we're hustling. Is this a product of the jerseys? Yes. The new kits? Yes. Mm-hmm. It has I, to be. Yep. I, I think it has to be. We Burn need the, the jerseys. We need the Waldo kits back. Trash football jerseys. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's move back on to uh, American football. Real football. Real, real football. Real football. Uh, we have an injury update for everybody. Gunnar Romney is back. Finally. Like, actually back or game like, time decision back? Like, back, back. He's back, baby. Yes. He's A- playing, folks. Yes. A-Rod said today on... Coordinator's corner that he is expected to return. He's game planning as if he were going to play. Obviously, it's not like official official yet, but he is expected to play. Dan, you have a little insight uh, for us, don't you? Yes, this is from this is a per source moment, with mm. that source being Gunnar Romney's mom on Twitter. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's a pretty good source. Yeah, it's legit source. Not a bad source. <laughs> Uh, she said Gunner suffered a kidney laceration on day three of fall camp. Sheesh. Day three. Day three. Um, obviously, it's a very complicated thing. It's not just a broken bone you can go set and watch heal or anything. So it, she said it's been difficult for the doctors to clear him, especially since football, at, especially as a wide receiver in football, he's going to be getting hit pretty hard. Could yes. be speared, could be blindsided in the midsection area. Could land on the ball again. That could be <laughs> life-threatening. Um, but they say he's 
he's on the mend and ready to play. Good. I I am happy. I am very excited to see Gunner back because we kind of need him. Oh heck yeah, that's very good. And shout out. I mean, honestly, like our our coaches and our team doctors have been at war for weeks yeah. over Gunner Romney. <laughs> so I'm just glad that that's finally off their minds. People can stop asking about it. Gunner will be on the field and he will get to play at least five snaps before he gets hurt again. So everybody, knock on wood, he can stay healthy. All right, uh, moving on to other injury updates. Uh, we had a plethora of injury updates Might today. Might want to sit down for this. Yes. Mm. Max Tooley, yep. Max hard-hitting Tooley is back. back. Okay. Earl Tuioti Mariner, back. Chase Roberts, back. back. Gabe Summers, back. back. Kingsley Suamataya, back. back. Peyton Wilgar, back. back. Caleb Hayes, back. back. They are all expected to play. Um... Obviously, we have Notre Dame in two weeks. Uh, we do get 10 days of rest in between Utah State and Notre Dame. But mini-buy. You could call it a mini-buy, like, mi- like the pros do. Yes. And the spiritual healing of General Conference, mm. lest we forget about that. Don't discount that. We better not forget. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, anyway, I expect all these people to play, but not play a lot. Because obviously, coming off of injuries... Great, it's clear to play, but we should be up by Utah State by 35 at the end of the first quarter. Yes. Um, and so I do not expect any of these people to continue playing the whole game. Maybe Gunner, just to give him a little bit more of a warm-up to Notre Dame. But yeah. you're not going to play him all four quarters. You're going to no, play him yeah. like a full half. You definitely need to get him some in-game reps. As far as we can tell, we only know of three injured players that will definitely not be in the game. Uh, that is Austin Riggs, the long snapper, Puka Nakua, who yeah, with an undisclosed injury, and Malik Moore with a broken hand. Yes. Uh, Puka technically is a game-time decision, but we all know how this is going. No, this, so. yeah. We don't believe in the word game-time decision. <laughs> no. We've seen this before. He's not, he's not playing. <laughs> guys, i got a question for you. Uh, let's hear it. Do you guys know who Hingle McCringleberry is? Oh, absolutely. Mm, he started in the East-West Bowl, I believe. Mm, yes, yes. For those of you that don't know, it's an old Key and Peele skit. Uh, Hingle McCringleberry was flagged in the end zone for one too many pelvic thrusts or pumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can do two, but the third one's a flag. Mm-hmm. Jamal so Williams, BYU alum, scored two touchdowns with the Lions. Hey, clap it up. That's so great. Jamal Williams Good was him. the leading rusher for the Lions as well. Got more carries than anybody else. But after he scored his first touchdown, he went into the end zone. Put his hands behind his head and did a triple pump dance, and they flagged him for it. Not a Jamal triple. Williams is the new Hingle McCringleberry. Hey, hey, hey. If there was anybody to fill that spot, it was Jamal. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it was absolutely Jamal. Now, if you go back and watch the tape, Jamal's hips are magical. <laughs> Jared, those are hula dancer hips, they if you know what I'm talking it. about. Wow. Looking like Shakira out there. <laughs> really? Okay, let's move on from this before we get into something really weird. Uh, we have a football game to recap. Let's talk we about that. Do. BYU played Wyoming on Saturday at 8.15 Mountain Time. Actually kicked around 8.25 if that interests you. But we beat them 38-24. to Let's talk about it. Uh, let's start out with uh, a little thing. We used to do the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to do the great, the good, the bad, and the ugly today. Because mm-hmm. there was actually a lot of great things in this football game. I know the final score wasn't very indicative of the game. Um, the real final score should be BYU 38, uh, Wyoming 10, refs 14. Yep. But uh, no matter what, BYU only gets one win, and so they had to combine the losing scores to make 24. 
Um, let's start off with the great. Uh, who wants Who wants to take this one? Justin, you want to take this one? Let's start with you. I can absolutely take this one because I am in love with Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall is officially freaky good. I have been on this train since before the season started. Dan and Jared are now converted. They are Jaron Hall Pauls. He was incredible. Went 26 of 32 for 337 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions for a total QBR of 91.1. That is insane. That's elite. Absolutely insane. Multiple career highs in that performance. He wasn't just dinking and dunking either. It wasn't like he completed 80% of his passes throwing three-yard out routes. He was throwing the ball down the field, hit Keanu Hill in perfect stride on that one touchdown where Keanu Hill carried that man on his back into the end zone like a little baby. Yeah. He was throwing NFL throws all the way across the field, off platform, and perfect back shoulders. One the Keanu Hill and another the Isaac Rex. Mm. Jaron Hall was playing great, so now we must embrace the debate. We have had two NFL quality quarterbacks back to back. Who would you rather have on your squad? 2022 Jaron Hall or 2020 Zach Wilson? Hmm. Jaron Hall has the benefit of only having played four games this season. Okay. True. <laughs> so, True. So let's go. 2021-2022 Jaron Hall. The jury's still out on Jaron Hall compared to Zach. At mm-hmm. least. But he's having... A magnificent season, as good of a season as any quarterback has had at BYU, I think. Abs- I 100% agree. I think in this one, obviously we need to see Jaron play the whole rest of the season. Uh, Zach Wilson didn't really play any good defenses, if we're being honest. Yep. Like, 2019, we all hated yep. Zach Wilson. He sucked. 2020, yeah. he came out, obviously, COVID. had the, the junior jump. COVID year. The COVID year. He Against got Louisiana Tech, Texas State, Navy, who Troy. had it tackled for three months. Yeah. So, but I will say, Zach probably has better arm talent than Jaron Hall. Just like yeah. natural giftedness. But Jaron Hall's decision making and the carefulness with the football, it, it was worlds better than Zach. Oh, yeah. Zach got away with a lot agree. of stuff. In 2020, that showed up once he got to the NFL. He could not get away with it. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. True. Obviously, we have not seen Jaron play the rest of the season. We have not seen Jaron in the NFL. So, I'm not. that's not the comparison we're making. We're making Jaron through four games. What we've seen from him, would you rather have him or 2020 Zach Wilson? I'm going to take Jaron Hall because I know that I'm going to protect the football with Jaron Hall. He may not make the super sexy throws. He may not have the cute baby face that all these alpine moms are just dying over. <laughs> but Jaron Hall is way more mature than Zach Wilson. And so, obviously, jury's still out, but I'm leaning Jaron in this one. I'll give Zach this. Jaron Hall has much better receivers than Zach Wilson did. Okay. Zach Wilson yeah. also had an elite offensive line, however. Yeah, Jaron Hall, also elite offensive line, but obviously they're going up against better pass rushers last year and this year. Mm-hmm. I will say this. Zach Wilson does have a, you know, more of a cannon. He can throw the ball downfield, off-platform, doing these crazy Arm throws. Angles. Like you said, the sexy throws. But as you guys both said, Jaron Hall takes care of the ball, makes smart plays, does not put the ball in harm's ways. Is a little too conservative at times, which I do think kills some drives. But I will say this. I don't think Jaron Hall gets rattled as easily as Zach Wilson does. I think he's mentally stronger. And I think put him in that Coastal Carolina game, and we don't lose it. Oh, wow. That's a hot take. So I'm taking Jaron Hall, too. Okay. 
Um, yeah, I agree with what you guys have said. I think Zach is more talented. His mm -hmm. pro day was probably the biggest thing that happened in sports <laughs> that day. That was yep. good because of his insane throws. But Jaron might be the better quarterback, despite Zach being more talented. Mm -hmm. um, he also played baseball, which people True. love these days. He's got that Patrick Mahomes pedigree. Or he's also been compared to Russell Wilson. Let's, let's put a stop to those right now. <laughs> <Not Russell. laughs> Kyler Murray also was drafted True. into the MLB. True. There's something about those baseball playing quarterbacks. Jaron Hall's one of them. Yep. He is one of them. He's one of them. I would say, we're not going to make a final decision, but it's a door to a conversation that should be open. You guys can say that. I've we made have my final it. decision. We, we have yeah. opened it. My yeah. final decision's made. Let's see how the rest of the season yeah. goes, especially the bowl game. Especially the especially bowl the bowl game. game that matters in these conversations. It absolutely matters. We got Sauls. I, I will say. You thought you were Pauls. No, no, no. Jaron Hall has eight games left on the schedule. Okay. He has to play harder teams than Zach Wilson has played. That is for sure. The pro, I'm not going to include the pro debate at all because I hate the NFL. I don't care what happens in the NFL. If Jaron can do what he's doing in these first four games for the rest of the season consistently, 100% Jaron. Me too. But I gotta see it. We, I gotta see it. All right. Uh, Fair enough. Should we move on? Let's move on from that. Uh, also on the great, we have to mention a couple other things. Jaron Hall was incredible with the distribution of the ball. Basically, like six different receivers had at least three catches. That was pretty good. absolutely insane. The ball was evenly distributed all over the place. There was one receiver who did get the most touches though. And that was Keanu Hill, who noticeably does not have brick hands, as we might have, may or may not said, in our group chat prior to the game when we saw him drop a ball in warm-ups. <laughs> but that boy was catching the ball with stick'em on his gloves, and he was absolutely incredible catching the ball for... Five times for 160 yards, two five touchdowns. Five times for 160 160 yards. receiving yards? Carrying a baby DB on his back 20 yards into wow. the end zone. Yeah. He he's good. He is good. Um, so here's something that I'm gonna say. Obviously, notably absent from the receptions list, mm. Dallin Holker. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Oh. Oh. Okay. Uh, that's what I'm gonna say. He sucks. Um, <laughs> uh, Keon Hill. Uh, very good. Good. This is great, but Wyoming is a G5 team. Okay. And I'll get yep. to this a little bit later with Miles Davis that we're gonna get to. Um. I want to see these same kind of performances, maybe not to this caliber, right? I don't think you're ever going to have a 160-yard receiving performance against P5 team. Um, but I want to see this kind of production, this this level of production, obviously not the same quantity, but the same level, quality level, against good teams. Where was this against Oregon? Where was this against uh, Baylor, right? So I'm, I'm happy for Miles and Keanu. Um... And Jaron, right? But I want to see these against good teams. So, I I like it, but I gotta see more. Gotta see more. You can't deny the importance of a breakout game, though. True. Doesn't yes. matter who it's against. Breakout game for Keanu Hill, Braden Cosper. Yeah, mm, true. Who, uh, how do you guys feel about that drop on fourth down? Oh, <laughs> the cross arm drop. Painful. A little painful. That was a. Uh... <laughs> It reminded me of the gif of that, that one lady that's bouncing on the exercise ball 
and they throw the other exercise ball to her and it nails her in the face <laughs> and then her arms go. <laughs> but he he also had a breakout game. He played very, very well. One he more was, breakout. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I no, no. I, he was just, he was very good. I was very excited to see that because he's another one of those fourth, fifth level guys that with Puka and Gunner being questionable, we're going to need production out of them. And like you said, that breakout kind of game for him could do tons for his uh, confidence moving forward. Absolutely. We're going to need it. One more breakout game that I wanted to mention. Cody Epps. Ooh. He played right. himself a dang good game, too. Yeah, Cody Epps, the last couple of games, he's been he's been starting to shine. Consistently good. Speaking Very of solid. the good, shall we move on to the good? Let's move on to the good, which is in good. the context of our rushing game, which was good. Miles Davis had a breakout game himself. What a freaking breakout game, too. This guy shows up early in the game. <laughs> I was up in the broadcast booth, and like me and Clark, one of the like higher-ups of BYU Radio, we are like, wait, who's that? Is that Miles Davis? What? And then all of a sudden, by the end of the game, he's got 13 carries for 131 yards. He's freaking averaging 10 yards a carry, long of 70. Wow. TD was stolen by the refs on a call that BYU's been called for 100 times, right? So I'm okay with it. Wyoming on a rollout on a fourth down in the same end zone did the exact same thing. Dove at our guy's legs around the around the line of scrimmage and they didn't call it. So it was BS. Anyway, back to Miles Davis. Um, he freaking showed up in this game. Do you guys buy this as like a new norm moving forward? Do you guys buy it as kind of just a random big game? He just did what Wyoming was giving him and he excelled at it? I don't know. What, what like what are you guys thinking about this performance from Miles Davis? I think it's going to change the way our rushing attack works. Oh. He may not be the number one guy every game going forward, but he'll definitely get a lot more touches than he has been in the previous three games. For sure. Um, he'll just be added to the stable that we have of Chris Brooks, Lopini Katoa, and now Miles Davis, which I think might make it harder for defenses to scheme slightly, which I'll take it. It's good to have three guys who you can count on. That's the truth. He has been added, as you said, to the stable officially as he's been added to the depth chart for the Utah State game as an or at the number one position. I am hesitant to buy the hype because obviously he came in in the second half. First couple carries, he was actually tackled in the backfield. But then... And he had a fumble? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Who knows if that was him or if it was Jaron Hall. It's like, it, exchanges are always weird. I didn't watch it closely enough to tell. But... I will say Wyoming's defensive line at that point was already worn down a little bit and all this, but I do like Miles Davis for one reason. In the zone running scheme that we run, we are trying to basically create cutback lanes. There is no assigned hole that you are running to. Basically, the offensive line runs out into one direction, they create their own holes, and you have to find that hole. You can't just run the one place every time you can like on a normal designed run. Christopher Brooks has struggled finding those holes. Lopini Katoa has found them, but hasn't hit them super hard. Miles Davis, I saw him make very quick decisions, put his foot in the ground, and go full speed through that hole. Running over guys, even though, like there was one time he, if he makes one safety miss, he has another 50-yard touchdown, but instead he bowled straight into him. That like, was the like funniest a, Like an absolute <laughs> maniac. He had, he had 20 yards to prepare for one man, and he ran straight at him. The entire <laughs> field is disposable. Cut right, cut left, and then ran straight into him. <laughs> so what are you doing? 
But then he kind of figured it out. But no, he puts his foot in the ground. He finds the cutback lanes and he hits them hard. So I honestly really like Miles Davis. I do too. I when I was watching it, it reminded me of Jamal. Obviously, oh, yeah. he's not as good as Jamal. Um, but it reminded yes. me the way he ran reminded me of Jamal. The speed, the violence of attacking the hole, like you said. Mm-hmm. But um, we will need to see how it does in a game uh, from start to finish against like a team with a very solid run defense. Like Justin said, Wyoming was not prepared for it. Now that he's on tape, gotta see how it happens. If he can do this against Arkansas and Notre Dame, freaking give him the job and yeah. give him a candy bar with it. Give him a candy <laughs> bar for sure. But uh, I, I, I gotta see it because we, Chris Brooks had this exact same thing. He had two 50 plus yard runs against USF and we thought he was the chosen one. And now look at him, right? So I, this could happen to Miles Davis. We'll see, but at, at the end, I think it's good for BYU football because of what Dan said. It makes defenses prepare for more than just one kind of back. Lopini, Chris, and Miles all have different uh, skill sets, and that'll be very good. Yeah, and Kalani was asked about this, about having multiple guys who could rely on who he plays, who he doesn't. He said he would his philosophy was to play the hot hand. Chris Brooks may have had an off game in this one. He ended up with two carries. Miles Davis came on and did really well, so he kept feeding Miles Davis. I'm fine with that strategy going forward. What do you guys think? I'm fine with it too. That's honestly how it should be every game. We play the hot hand, ride the hot hand. Chris Brooks, I will say, he only had two carries. One of those was for a touchdown, though. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I, I like it. I like that approach. Yeah. I, whatever freaking works, Kalani. You do you. <laughs> yeah, especially since we have three guys who we know are capable. Yes. If we had three guys who none of them seemed very good and we kept having to switch between <laughs> them, that'd be a different story. Yep. But each of them have shown their flashes in respective times. So oh, yeah. It's it's good to know that we have three capable backs, like you said. Three options. Yep. Three capables. Uh, should we move into the bad? Let's move into the bad. Uh, I'm going to start it off. The first quarter was very rough. Wyoming was getting probably nine yards a run, maybe yeah. 15. I don't know. I couldn't count. They were averaging nine yards a carry on the first two drives. Yeah, that was bad. That was horrible. That was really bad. Uh, but after a 69-yard first quarter on essentially like one and a half, two possessions, yep. um, we held them to 55 rush yards the entire other three quarters. So it was bad that they got so much gashing done at the beginning. I was like, oh boy, it's Oregon all over again. Except not misdirection, just straight up power offense. Um, but the rest of the game, we made adjustments, and it was really good. I was really proud of how the, the defense responded, even though we were dropping like flies on the D-line. So it's bad, but there's still reason to hope. It's not ugly. Yeah. I think we should talk about Tuyaki a little bit. Let's, let's have this conversation. He deserves yeah. credit for the adjustments, right? And obviously the second half was much improved, as shown by the rushing yards that we only gave up at 55 in the second half. Why can't we start off games playing that well defensively? <laughs> That's a fair question. That is a very fair question. Historically, we are not Tuyaki stands, I think it's fair to say. In the previous years, we've kind of been on his case for, you know, his classic drop eight defense. Um, but our defense seemed to have improved, especially last season and the beginning of this season. Where are you guys on Tuiaki right now, four games into this season? Uh, personally, I am 
much higher on Tuiaki than I have been previously. Okay. We haven't seen as much of the drop eight, you know, garbage that we saw a long time ago, like the past three years, right? So, though it's good that we're we're scheming different things, we're mixing things up. It's still this first, like, coming out slow on defense. I feel like we do that every time. In the USF game, we came out pretty well on defense, but we did have that pick six that kind of shifted things, right? Mm-hmm. Made them attack us a little bit differently, and it made our defense seem a lot more productive than it actually was uh, in that first half. So I, that's kind of what I want to see as, as an improvement to take him from, like, okay to good or even great, is that starting off, making those adjustments off of film – and. Like, I get maybe Wyoming didn't show a lot of that up film, but, like, to an extent, right? You can't just say, oh, every team just pulling their stuff out of their butt every time they play BYU. No. You got to start out strong. You got to be prepared to make adjustments as to the first drive rather than the first quarter of the first half. I 100% agree. Tuyaki, I have a better opinion of him now just because you kind of realize, and I know we, we were reading a post about this earlier from a Power Five, from an ex Power Five uh, defensive player. Tuiaki was kind of working with what he had the first few years that he was here. He did not have a very highly recruited defense. He did not have a ton of star power. He basically had to drop eight or risk getting burned every single play. Mm-hmm. Now that we have the talent, he's calling games well. Like Jared said, though, I really do wish he would make those adjustments sooner, though. In the Oregon game, he didn't switch to that five-man front until the second half. Yeah, We did, versus Wyoming, make some adjustments to shut them down running in the second quarter. So maybe we're moving up quarter by quarter, and now against Utah State, Notre Dame, Arkansas, maybe we'll be coming out of the gate, and we'll make those adjustments halfway through the first quarter. Ooh, isn't that a novelty? (laughs) Yes. The last two games against Wyoming and Oregon, our defense has had pretty bad starts. Yes. The second second half of Oregon was much improved, and like Justin said, into the second quarter, our defense improved against Wyoming. I think if that trend can continue and he can not have to make adjustments you know, after the game starts, but actually be more prepared before the game, I think that'll be the next step for our defense, and we can be much better if that happens. Mm-hmm. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Last thing in the bad, uh, this could be ugly. You know, let's just move to ugly. All right. Let's move to Let's go with the ugly. It's ugly time. Um... Puka Nakua. This man's cannot stays healthy. Nope. Nope. I don't know what it is with this guy. I, it is so sad to see because he is such an exceptional talent. He just can't stay healthy. He just can't stay healthy. And it, it didn't even look like a contact injury this time, which is what makes it very scary. Could it be an ACL? Yes. Could it also be kind of just like a strained hammy? Yes. It could be any number of things. Will BYU's athletic staff ever let us know what it is no absolutely not. so all we can do is just sit here and wait for him to come back while he's gone though let's just let our other wide receivers step up like they have been doing and hopefully enjoy Gunnar Romney for more than half quarter yeah yeah when Puka went down it like got super quiet and everyone's like oh no you know but like I wasn't feeling it I was like dude you know whatever just here we go go again. sit on the bench and tell you 100% come back for the bowl game I don't know like yeah. we're doing fine without him it's more of a hassle to like worry about Puka and blah 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 Puka, you know. Just play with the guys you yep. have. Like, I, I love you, Puka. I think you're great. You are an NFL talent for sure. But as long as you're not healthy, I don't want to see you. 
just get healthy, bro. That's the that's the one thing I ask. That's all I ask of you. Beautiful. <laughs> what? Alright. So continuing on with the ugly I got some hate mail, guys. Ooh, hate let's mail hear time. I'm opening up this hate mail and it is addressed from me and probably from you guys too, the whole Cougar fan base. All Cougar Nation. To that bullshnike composite Big 12 Pack X Mountain West referee crew that stunk more than a porta potty outside of a Taco Bell slash funnel cake stand. Ooh, yikes. Yikes. They called an awful game. They were inconsistent. They made some boneheaded calls, boneheaded spots. And the worst thing of all to me is that Pasta gets batted down. <laughs> So what is what is our defensive lineman that catches the ball off the rebound, dude? Is it? It's the first time he's touched a ball inside of a game in his entire <laughs> life, so he's gonna run with it. And yep. instead of calling the play dead, they just kind of let it happen. It was obviously it was a pass, too. Obviously so incomplete. Obvious. It wasn't even close to a fumble. And then they call us for an illegal block below the waist on that return of a dead ball play. Yeah. It was a dead play. It should have they should have blown the whistle and they didn't and they called us for a 15-yard penalty on a drive where they gave Wyoming 45 yards worth of penalties. <laughs> what the absolute heck is that bull crap? Uh moving back one penalty in that 45. Freaking they hand the ball off to the running back. We stop him in the backfield. The running back basically pitches the ball to the quarterback and then Ben Bywater comes in, body slams the quarterback. Because he had the ball. Yeah. And then they're like, oh no, that was a late hit. Like, he had the ball. You can't hear the whistle. What are you supposed to do? 60,000 fans are going crazy. It was absolutely stupid. But at that time, I was sitting up in the box. I didn't know the quarterback had the ball. Kinley told me that later that night, that the quarterback actually had the ball there. Yeah. I was like, that's a good penalty. You you show them. I was like, you send that message. Why not? Can can we get back to the BYU that used to cheap shot people in the nuts at the bottom of bumble piles? Maybe not that far. <laughs> but um, then before that, the gritty, dude. The g- I have oh, seen gosh, every man. single college football team, any time a skill team. player scores a touchdown, they hit the gritty in the end zone. Yeah. Never time. a penalty. Never. Never. That was literally LSU 2019. They're every, th- every single time they touch the ball, they do that. I. Wow. Oh, and then they call a penalty on Keanu Hill. Yeah. For hitting the gritty. Not even in like a Wyoming player's face. No. He went towards the BYU stands and hit the gritty. I did it for like two seconds. That's so, so stupid. Um, <laughs> I did love Keanu Hill after he scored a better touchdown. Like a better touchdown play where he caught it, dragged the guy for 20 yards. Huge play, right? Huge yeah. momentum shifter. He just drops the ball and walks calmly back to, to the <laughs> to the sideline. And then hit the gritty on the sideline. Kalani was... Uh, Said some choice things to Keanu after he got that penalty. <laughs> but, it shouldn't have been a penalty anyway. It, it yeah, should have been a boomer ref. Boomer ref. Refs are bad. Uh, anything else about the BYU game before we move on? Let's move on. Yeah, I think that about sums it up. Oh, uh, one last. Uh, from oh. Boney Fuller. Oh. The tweet Excellent. of the night. Excellent. This about sums up the entire game. Okay. Look like Utah State. Play like Utah State. That's fair. Mm. I, I don't know what else to say there. Get rid of the Navy. That, the Navy, yeah. Not the armed forces, but the Navy color. Yes. We definitely need more Top Gun movies. Hey. Maybe not, but Top Gun is Navy, and so we need the Navy for something. But throw out the Navy. But throw out the Navy. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on, we have another ad. Hello, friends. Do you know what a stroke is? You know what a stroke looks like. 
Do you know that every 35 seconds, someone in the United States has a stroke? You know stroke can happen at any age? You know that more than 75% of stroke patients are first found by coworkers or family members? When Jared's great-grandmother had a stroke, the first person to find her was a preteen granddaughter. We want to help you and your family be prepared if someone you love or know has a stroke because you need to be fast and call 911 as soon as possible to prevent disability from stroke. That's right. Just like in sports, speed matters. So be fast. In fact, be fast is an acronym you can use to help you remember what a stroke looks like. B is for sudden loss of balance or coordination. E is for eyes, sudden double vision or loss of vision. F is for face, facial drooping or asymmetry. A is for arm, arm or leg weakness on one side. S is for speech, sudden slurring or garbled speech or difficulty speaking at all. T is for time. Time is brain, so call 911 as soon as possible. May your family and friends never have a stroke. But if they do, you now have a game plan to identify it and call 911. This message is brought to you by Just a Stroke Doc. Be fast, baby. You gotta be fast. Now let's move on to some more college football. How you guys feeling about that? Let's go. Let's do it. Because week four happened and we have our fastest 15. Woo, woo, woo. Bum. We start off on Friday Night Lights, where the University of Texas, the step, stepped on the horse's neck and never let off. (laughs) Bowles City got up 3-0 and never looked back. Back at the end zone, that is. Bachmeyer said bye-bye to the Broncos after going 13 of 34 for 93 yards, while the defense bled out because they couldn't stop a nosebleed. The Miners mined Idaho State University in the city of Boise, Idaho, 27 to 10. Next, we head to the Buckeye State as the Wisconsin traveled to face the Ohio State University. The away side really put the bad in Badgers, whilst the home team cemented themselves as legitimate championship contenders. Wisco did their best to establish the run, but Ohio State had the heavy guns and outgained them. 539 to 296. CJ Mark Stroud capitalized on his team's advancements, throwing for five tuddlies as the Ohio State University Buckeyes defeated the Wisconsin Badgers once again, this time 52 to 21. We head to North Carolina where Dabo Sweeney's ego was facing off for his Wake Forest academic prowess. Ooh, the game had some absolute fireworks going off as DJ Ukulele Unga Bunga Junga finally figured out how to throw a football against the Demon Deacon's terrible secondary. Wake Forest looked like they were going to run away with a victory, sending the Tigers home with their tail between their legs. But then they choked harder than your fat friend trying to imitate Joey Chestnut at the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, allowing Dabo to squeak out a 51-45 overtime victory. Gosh dang it, Damon Dickens. Over in LGBTQIA plus Lord Stadium, what? The, tens, the Kansas State serial killers are back. Like oh. Sam Ellinger back. <laughs> a wild week, or a, a week off of a wild slog loss to Tulane, the 
What team? Wildcats! What team? Wildcats! Expose the boomers out of their technological skills by showing them their new and improved iAdrian 14 Pro S Plus XR. The what team? Wildcats! Martini Fez racked up 150 yards on the ground and route to 382 total yards and five totalies! What team? Wildcats! Walk out with a what team? Wildcats! Win 41 to 34. What team? Wildcats! In a battle of what will surely be middle of the table, SEC teams who are probably ranked solely due to SEC bias. That's, That's true, right. Boom. The Razorbacks brought their arses away from Arkansas and challenged agriculturalists and miners of the pseudo state of Texas. Though Ars Kansas outgained AM <laughs> in nearly every relevant category, the odds were not in their favor as their game winning field goal doinked off the top of the upright and was no good. When all the dust settled in this tragic finish, Texas A&M emerged as unfortunate victors, 23 to 21. We head northwest to the great city of Corvallis, where the Beavers were hoping to damn USC's playoff hopes. The game started off slower than a race between a turtle and a sloth, and more boring than watching paint dry. But in the second half, it was just as boring, boom. Oregon State took a small lead in the fourth, but Caleb Squilliams poked a hole right in their dam and squirmed away with a victory for suck, sorry, USC, 17 to 14. Gosh dang it. Up on the Palouse, Cameron's fifth ward got absolutely no help from his elder quorum as they squandered a 12 point fourth quarter lead. Bo, Netflix, and Chill led the fighting puddleys on a furious comeback that ended up covering the spread. <gasps> Until it didn't. Oh. An absolutely horrific bad beat. Oregon betters had their hopes smackily doodled by a completely pointless Wazoo Tud TD drive that did absolutely nothing except cover this. You know what they say, Boom. Good teams win, great teams cover. True that, Boom. Oregon, certified good, not great. Ducky 44, COO Gars 41. Next, in one of the most historic blue blood rivalries in all of college sports, it was a clash of the titans between Kansas and Duke. The undefeated powerhouses met with it all on the line, trying to prove which blue blood program was the best. At football, if the NFL had a lottery, Kansas Field General Jalen Daniels would have cemented himself as a lottery pick in this one, connecting on 19 of his 23 passes and accounting for five toodlies. Toodlies. The Blue Devils dropped too many dookies on third down, (laughs) and the Jayhawks proved they cannot be stopped. 35 to 27. Rank them! Rank them! Rank them. We head to a half-empty Hard Rock Stadium where the Hurricane of Utah, check that, Hurricanes of Miami, were ready to waltz into an easy victory over the Blue Raiders of some university in the middle of Tennessee. But Middle Tennessee said, Bring me my money as they picked off Fraud Van Dyke twice, once for a toodly. <laughs> the Blue Raiders downgraded Miami from a hurricane to a sprinkling storm as they stole $1.5 million, $40,000 in travel expenses, and a 45 to 31 victory. Oh, you love to see it. Over in Houchins Industries, LT Smith Stadium. Yes, that is the real name. What? Oh, the pillow fight of the week turned into an R-rated slasher film as Western Kentucky took a butcher's knife, axe, machete, and fetching chainsaw to Florida International, rending it a mere Florida intervillagial. Nice one. Nice. In a truly violent affair, the Hilltoppers racked up almost 700 yards of total offense 
averaging more <laughs> more yards per play than blood in the Saw movies. Wow. <laughs> Weku wins 73 to 0. To 0. <laughs> Good improv, boo. Our next matchup was full of all-out Appalachian antagonism. Oh! As who else? alliteration boom. But App State hosted FBS Youngbloods Young in Blood. James Madison. The first half was all Mountaineers in this one, as the home side banjoed their way to a 28-10 halftime lead. But the Dukes turned the mountains into valleys like an Old Testament prophecy, keeping out State of the Promised Land the entire second half. Meanwhile, James Madison had three wide receivers average over 20 yards per reception and came back to win this one 32 to 28. We now head over to the home of the Wyoming B team. Utah, not a state, Ogden Community College, where some Aggies were facing off against some degenerate gamblers. The unloved UNLV coaches had to cut their players off from the turnover slot machine as they picked off Logan Bonner five times. And forcing another Aggie fumble, USU has been downgraded from not only not a state, but also not even a city, as the Utah Township College Aggies took home an embarrassing 34-24 loss at the hand of the Rebels. And yet another pillow fight of the week. The Rainbow Hula Dancers of Hawaii took a trip to the mainland to play the agriculturals of the state of Nuevo Mexico. Much to their chagrin, they did not find the Dole Plantation, but rather a plantation of angry running backs who got eight yards a pop the entire game. Oh my goodness. The game proved that Hawaii's football team is worse than its milk prices. That's hard to do, boom. As Nemusu Pounders got the win on the quote-unquote Warriors, 46-25. to This one was a Power 5 version of a tour that Bowling Way team has offensive origin-adjacent Oregon adjacent Iowa played the quote historic yet contemporarily crappy Scarlet Knights. <laughs> Rutgers found themselves in a rut early in this one as Iowa scored an unprecedented for them 17 points in the first half. <laughs> the home side continued to play like butt, only rushing for a total of 61 yards. Well, the Hawkeyes ball hopped their way to three takeaways and won this one 27 to 10. Whoa. Gentlemen, I have an honest question for you. Is Texas a tech? Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, it sure seems like it is after what they went down and what It sure seems like it is after what they did, what went down in a good old fashioned Wild West showdown in Lubbock, Texas. Does anyone know where Lubbock is? Uh. Buttock, Texas. Anyway, Steve Sarkeesian and the Shorthorns rode into Tex Oils Field hoping to strike black gold, but instead got female dog slapped by Raiders Reds pistols. Texas is def- def- uh, definitively, definitely, indubitably, undeniably so, not back, as proven by the 37-34 overtime loss to Texas Tech. The teams exiting the Big 12 are now combined 0-2 in conference play. That's hey, something. Yeehaw. Well, that was fun. I need, I need a drink Ooh. of water. Yep. Water. water time. Water break for the listeners, too. Get, get a nice little sip of water. <sighs> Staying hydrated is key. Wet your mm-hmm. whistle a little. Yes. I've all never understood that. That's a really <laughs> weird term. Um, <laughs> hydrate. It's a little off. <laughs> That's a little off. Um, definitely a boomer. Um, 
uh, definitely a boomer saying, I would say. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say it. That's probably what that ref yeah. told Keanu Hill when they threw the flag for, oh. for uh, excessive celebration. Don't party. you dare be wetting your whistle, young man. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, moving along. Um, <laughs> the picks. We all did very good in picks, including you, listener. Uh, we went eight and two all around. Let's all clap it up. Great week. If we were betting money line, we may have come out on top in this one. Um, <clears throat> I have something to say for myself. Yes, sir. Why did I pick Rutgers? Mm. Mm. This is maybe the biggest head scratcher of my career in picks. <laughs> I literally picked Rutgers to win a football game. I don't know why I did it, and I'm sorry. I apologize. I mean, honestly, it's probably the same reason I chose SMU to beat uh, TCU, even though <laughs> Sunny Dex is at TCU. That was just awful for me. Uh, also awful from the fans that you chose App State and did not believe in the Dukes of James Madison wow. University. Shame on you. Shame. 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 96% of you. Uh, anyway, Dan, how are you feeling? You still have a three-point lead over Justin, six-point <clears throat> lead over me. Well, you might say a three-game lead. The Warriors had one of those once. Oh. oh. Got him. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm feeling good so far. We're four games in, okay. one third of the way. Yeah, we are. We are a third of the way through. I guess. Let's hope I can keep it up. Yeah. Anyway, um, the fans by winning percentage are second mm-hmm. yeah, above me and Justin. Winning percentage though. Yeah, that's you know, Mickey Mouse. Yeah, Mickey Mouse. Because <laughs> they there was how many games is that? That's uh, they didn't do week one or. Or, no, they didn't do week zero. That's what they didn't do. They didn't do week zero, and they've had multiple ties. Where True. They had, that have not been included into their yeah. thing. So, <laughs> Mickey Mouse schedule. Throw out the ties. <laughs> Mickey Mouse schedule. Um, let's get into some college football talk, because we are a third of the way into the season, like Dan said. We are four weeks in. Technically four and a half. Can't wait zero. Okay. Uh, let's do a little check-in. Um, just kind of on the, on the state of affairs right now in college football. Let's start off, let's go through BYU's opponents really quick. Yeah. Just give a quick update on each of the teams, uh, just so people can get kind of an idea of where BYU's strength of schedule is looking, uh, what the teams and games are to look out for moving forward. Uh, USF, 1-3, and three, only win against Howard, but they almost beat Florida. Yeah, just got okay. blown out by Louisville, though. So Not great. Nope. Next up, we got the Baylor Bears, currently ranked 16th in the nation. They are 3-1, and one, beat Iowa State. In Iowa State. They play Oklahoma State this week. That's going to be a fun one. I think in, that's in Waco. I think that's going to be a good win for BYU, but we'll learn a lot from this Oklahoma State game. Yeah. Uh, a similar one is Oregon. <clears throat> we lost to them, but they're 3 and 1 and ranked 13th. We thought they were going to lose again against Wazoo, but they had the comeback. Mm-hmm. And they play Stanford this week. Easy dub. Uh, I think that might may, may end up being the best team on BYU's schedule. Yeah. yeah. If, if we're being honest, we'll get to the rest of them, but. <clears throat> Watch out for them. Uh, Wyoming is 3-2. and two. They've actually played five games. Yes, they have. They are also sneaky. Probably the best G5 team BYU will play this year. Yep. Okay. Uh, they beat Air Force. Lost to Illinois in Week 0. Um, but listen to this. Their next upcoming schedule, San Jose State at home, at New Mexico, by Utah State, at Hawaii, by at Colorado State. Those are five almost guaranteed wins. That could right? be five straight wins. We have to remember, this is Wyoming. But no, no, for sure. If yep. they play how they've been playing, that's five straight wins. Yeah. Then they play Boise City at home, 
which we'll get to Boise State later, but we don't really know about that. No Hank Bachmeyer. No, yeah, n- no uh, Hank Bachmeyer. And also, coordinator fire too. at Fregno Staple to finish mm-hmm. the season, who knows if Jake Hanna will be available for that game. That's mm-hmm. true. So those two games, like, if they even split those, I think they go to the Mountain West Championship game, right? Yeah, they'll be in the conversation. Probably. Because they'll only have, if they split that, that will be their only loss in Mountain West play. Yeah. So Utah State's I, definitely not going. I I would expect Wyoming if they keep up the physical play that they've been doing. I expect them to play in the in the Mountain West Conference Championship game. That'd be good. Speaking of Wyoming, let's talk about the Wyoming B team. Utah mm. State, our opponent this week on Thursday is one and three, about to be one and four after losing to us. They lost to Bama, uh, UNLV, and shall we not forget to mention Weaver State. <laughs> That's that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's very very bad. Their only win was a barely win versus UConn. Next up, Notre Dame. Norter. Notre Dame. As always, they're very hyped going into the season. Yep. Mm-hmm. And as usual, they dropped off yep. quite a bit. <laughs> they're now two and two after beating UNC. Their other win was Cal. Oh, those are impressive. Their losses are to the Ohio State and Marshall. Mm-hmm. They have a bye this week and then. We play them the week after. I have no idea how good Notre Dame's going to be. Obviously, yeah. it's going to be a classic Notre Dame season where they underperform. But I just don't know by how much. Yeah, I, just, I don't know because their offense did wake up last week. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we'll learn a lot from the BYU game. Right? Yeah. How good they're going <laughs> to be. Unfortunately for us, this could be their <laughs> breakout their Super Bowl. game. Their spiritual awakening. The second awakening. Okay. Joseph Smith moment, yeah. etc. Great. Arkansas, 3-1. Started off hot. Has kind of been... Tailing off. They looked really good in their first two games. Last two games haven't looked that good. Um, they lost to Texas A&M. Still should have won. Dude, KJ Jefferson, what the frick are you doing trying to jump over the pile from the freaking three-yard line? That's yeah. a move you pull when it's like fourth and inches, yeah. right? Yeah. He's like one. trying to jump nine feet through the air. Literally, three yards, nine feet. You're not going to jump nine feet over a bunch of six-eight dudes, you idiot. Um, anyway, <laughs> they... They play Bama and then at Mississippi State and then at BYU. Hmm. They might have four losses in a row. That's a that, tough stretch. That's, that's really rough. That's, a, that's tough. Yeah. That's a really tough stretch. Uh, up next, we got to talk about Liberty, the only uh, university that can make our our, our honor code look liberal. Uh, three and one. Their only loss was versus Wake Forest in a very close game. Uh, they beat Southern Miss, UAB, and Akron. So nothing to write home about, but. That is a strength for schedule. Respectable, maybe. They beat teams they were supposed to beat. You yeah. can say that. You can't always say that about BYU. Exactly. Next up, we play East Carolina, who are currently 2-2 two and two after losing to NC State by 1. They should have won that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Navy by 3 in overtime. <laughs> That's a pretty bad loss, but it was close. Yeah. yeah. Navy is not good. Navy's not good. They have defeated Old Dominion and Campbell. Old Dominion is respectable. Old Dominion wow. beat Virginia Tech. Taylor Heineke, old Dominion guy. Yes, sir. Um, and this week they play USF, so we'll see how, what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, next up we have Bose City. Mm-hmm. Um, two and two losses at Oregon State and at UTEP. So at one UTEP. one good loss, one n- not not so good loss. Yeah. Uh, wins versus UT Martin and UT UNM. Martin. They play San Diego State this week. I think that'll be a good game. They're still technically in the race. They haven't lost the Mountain West game yet. Yep. So okay. So we'll see. Then we got Utah Tech. They're in FCS school. So, yeah. Yeah. Enough said. <laughs> and finally, Stanford, who are currently under 500 at 1 and 2. 
Their only win is against Colgate. That's toothpaste, toothpaste brand. Okay. You toothpaste better be Colgate. Yeah. They probably have some fresh breath being Stanford folks. I don't know. <laughs> uh, they did lose to Washington and USC so far. Uh, and this week they play Oregon. So they've had a hard schedule. A yeah. lot of Pac-12 teams early. Um, they may only have two or three wins going into the game against us at the end of the season. Yeah. With the team they have, I wouldn't be surprised if they're better than their record says they are going into the BOU game. Because they play a lot of hard teams. They do. Um, But it's going to be one of those games where we should win, but we shouldn't overlook. Kind of like the USC game was last year. Okay. Uh, Overall, how are you guys feeling about BOU's strength of schedule so far? Obviously, it's kind of like last year where it's not as hard as we all thought it was going to be. Yeah. I, I think it's safe to say that. And I, I want to say it's as hard as we thought it was going to be, but I wouldn't say it's weak either. I think it's still a very good schedule. Right, right. Yeah. Very strong. If we would have won out, I still think it would have been enough to get us to a playoff conversation because you do have a lot of brand recognition on it, at least. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's... We're, we're only four weeks in. Maybe these teams could go on hot streaks. Who knows? Maybe Arkansas goes and beats Bama. Who knows? I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> Personally. We need Arkansas and Notre Dame to be good. Yes. To help our strength of schedule. Yes. They've both been probably disappointing. Yeah. Not as good as people expected. Yeah. We, really, we need Notre Dame and Arkansas to be better and Liberty to be worse. Mm. Okay. Trap game. Okay. I get what you're saying. There. They're immediately after Notre Dame and Arkansas. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was expecting this schedule to have four top 12 teams on it. Looks like we may only have one, and that's going to be our one loss. Maybe two. Maybe Baylor. Maybe Baylor. Um. But yeah, uh, I think if we go 11-1, and one, like if we can win out, that would it's a lot to ask, but I think we can definitely still make yeah. it a New Year's Six Bowl if that happens. Um, let's move on to college football as a whole now. Let's take a step back, okay. look at the entire sport. Uh, let's answer some questions for the fans. Who is really in the college football playoff race? Throw out the AP Top 25 because we know they don't watch games. Nope. Nope. Is it safe to say Georgia, Bama, Ohio State? Yes. yes, all three of those, for yeah. sure. Okay, I will say Alabama has looked vulnerable mm-hmm. at, at times, but I just don't think that anybody on their schedule is going to be able to attack those until they get to Georgia in the SEC championship game. And I think once they lose that game, they'll still probably make the playoff. Okay. Safe to say? Yeah. Yep. So who's that number four team? Who is the number four team? That's the question. You've got Michigan, Okay. currently number four in the bogus AP poll. They're 4-0. Clemson also 4-0. USC also for no, um, Kentucky, Tennessee. I don't know who else are you thinking. Kansas, Kansas, Kansas. Yeah, definitely Kansas. Yeah. Yep. Oklahoma yeah. State, Oklahoma State maybe. If Oklahoma State can win out in the Big Twelve, maybe. They they have the upward mobility. Obviously, the they college do. football playoff rankings are going to be different. Yeah. But yeah. Oklahoma State has that benefit of being ranked in the preseason, getting yeah. that hype. Because if you don't have that hype, you're not going to make the playoff. You, you have to either go undefeated or have that preseason hype. I think one team to watch out for would be Washington. If Washington Ooh, goes undefeated, yeah. I could see him getting into the playoff. I just don't see it happening because mm. of the way the Pac-12 after dark always shakes up. It's true. I do think yeah. Washington is very good. I do not think they are the best team in the Pac-12, however. Honestly, as much as it pains me to say this, I do think your most likely number four for the majority of the year will be the Clemson Tigers. I, we'll be able to actually say that. After this Saturday, because they do play uh, NC State on October 1st, that'll be their only test until they play Notre Dame again. 
So mm. ACC sucks. It's always a cakewalk schedule. Clemson might if 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 they get through undefeated, they will go to the playoff. That's just how it works. I would hope not, giving on the way they've looked. But it comes to the question: Who are you going to put in over them? Michigan, we thought was going to be that team, but they looked fragile struggled against, against Maryland. Maryland. Yeah, I. Clemson struggled against Wake Forest. USC struggled against Oregon State. Kentucky and Tennessee, we know, are wildly overrated. Like, there's a good race for number four. I think it's wide open. Yeah, I think number four is pretty open. As far as the New Year Six is concerned, mm. what are the teams that BYU will be fighting with to get into a New Year Six Bowl? See, this is the more the category mm. I would put Washington into. Okay. Um, I, I don't think... Maybe they'll win the Pac-12. I kind of doubt it. But I do think that they will make the Pac-12 championship game. Just because the way that the Pac-12 is shaking up this year, the, you know, the, you know, the, uh, what are the divisions again? I, this, they, the they Pac-12. Have divisions. Yeah, yeah, but they're still kind of like playing intra-divisionally. Yeah. The yeah. Pac-12 South sucks this year. USC is there, but so it depends if Oregon and USC cannibalize each other. Washington may end up in that conversation. They'll be a, they'll be a, New Year's Six team, in my opinion. Uh, BYU. They got to be. I guess the teams we're competing mm. with, though. So, yeah. who, who are the other teams we're I'd say Ole Miss is probably in that category. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of Power 5 teams ahead of BYU who are competing for the at-large spots. Mm-hmm. Not many G5 teams or independents. Yeah, there are no G5 um, teams. Let's see. Michigan. We'll probably end up in a New Year's Six. Probably Rose Bowl. The Big They'll Ten probably end up in Rose Bowl. Um, yeah, Ohio State go to the playoff. Michigan Rose Bowl. USC maybe Rose Bowl. I think I between know. USC and Oregon, Oregon and Washington, one of those three. Will two end up of those three, Bowl. I think, will end up in New Year's Six. New Year's yeah. Six. One will go to the Rose Bowl. One will go to another one. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's fair. I think the teams that you got to look out for are going to be Kentucky, Tennessee. NC State, Ole Miss, Penn State. Like, basically from, what is it, 8 to 12, those are the teams that are not going to win their conference but are going to finish 2nd and 3rd and 4th and 5th that are going to be high enough to take an at-large spot but not a conference-affiliated spot. Yeah. So I see Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Okay. Ohio second, Being the second highest. Yes, being the second highest Big Ten team. Then I think that moves Michigan to New Year's Six Bowl. Right? I think... Michigan is worse than Penn State. In my opinion. So if Michigan... Oh, so here's the question. If Michigan loses to Penn State and Ohio State... Then they do not do they, New Year's Six. You don't think so? They I, I think they would make it over BYU. Personally. I think they'd make it to a high-level bowl. Like, you know, the day after New Year's, the day before New Year's kind of thing. But no, you can't put them in a New Year's Six with two losses. Especially two losses at the tail end of the season. Okay. Not making their conference championship game. True, they would not make it. Although, nobody from the East is ever going to make it. That's true. Except for Ohio State. Um, that's an interesting debate. I, obviously, BYU has a lot of games to play, but I think an yeah. 11-1 and BYU team will match up really well against these two loss uh, power, other Power 5 teams, and we'll have to see where the committee's biases land, right? Yep. Because yep. you should take an 11-1 BYU team against this schedule over any two-loss SEC, Big Ten, ACC school. But I think it's going to come down to whether or not the committee thinks BYU is good enough. 100% agree. Yep. Any other any other uh, teams that we should be looking out for that could spell doom for BYU's postseason hopes? What about Kansas? What about Kansas? What about Kansas? What about Kansas? 
How good do you think Kansas is, actually? Mm, it's really hard to say, I feel like. Um, as they start Big 12 play, we may stop talking about them altogether because they might take loses we expect them to take, but maybe they're actually good, and they might you know, pass us in the rankings or something. Okay. They already did start Big 12 play. I mean, they beat West Virginia. Yeah, they, they West, Virginia, West Virginia booty butt garbage out. I do kind of see them as... If this is their Cinderella year, I see them at best six and three in Big Twelve play. Okay, which keeps them firmly put them at nine and nine and three. That would put them at yeah nine and three to finish That's off the year, which I yeah. best year in Kansas history. Yeah. <laughs> With their lack of brand recognition, keeps them squarely out of the New Year Six conversation. Okay, I I think Kansas is pretty good. I just I don't see them winning. More than five games. Yeah, I, I think five games is a lot to ask. That's so true. But they're not a team that I'm going to forget about because if Oklahoma can lose to Kansas State, obviously we know the history there. Yeah, Texas lost to Texas Tech. History there as well. Kansas is friskier than both of those teams. I would say they are. I think they're better than Texas Tech and Kansas State. So if they can knock them out, like I don't know. I think it's going to depend on what Texas and Oklahoma end up being. But I think Kansas probably fifth team in the Big Twelve. Fair enough. All right. Uh, next question. What are some surprise teams like Kansas mm. that have surprised in a good or maybe a bad way for you guys? Hmm. Washington's got to be in that conversation, right? Yeah. yeah. Washington 100%. was not great last year. Was I mean, they kind of technically won the Pac-12 in 2020, but didn't play in the Pac-12 championship game because they got COVID. Uh <laughs> Yeah, they like yeah because so Oregon, Oregon played and played and won, and then Oregon beat Utah, <laughs> which was absolutely incredible. Um, Love it. I was not expecting Washington to be this good, honestly. Though Washington is good. I don't know how great of a team they are though, because they had some very good luck playing Michigan State while they were ranked as high as they were. True. Michigan State being as bad as they are, they mm-hmm. did not do. They did not deserve that ranking. Washington got them at home, blew the doors off of them. Yeah. They were in the, an opportune <clears throat> spot to jump. Now can they maintain that the rest of the year? Another team, Penn State. Mm. Yeah, I think sure. they're surprisingly good. Absolutely. Yeah. I... There you go. No, <laughs> sorry. Just... They're running back, dude. Mm. He is Singletary. He is freaking good. He's so real deal. I. That's like when Penn State was like really really good. They had Tracy McSorley, who was phenomenal, and they had Saquon Barkley. Like, that's a crazy duo to have, and they were super good. So now with Singletary in the backfield, they have Sean Clifford, who's obviously not, like, the greatest quarterback, but finally with having the same offensive coordinator two years in a row, lots of experience. I think this could be a team that may pull an upset against Ohio State, maybe against Michigan. They're a team you definitely got to watch out for. I think they're a top-10 team, even if they finish third in the East. You just saying Trace McSorley brought back the remember you, do you remember that song? Oh my gosh. Throw so it on a dime like I ain't even trying. <laughs> just a kid from Briarwood. I'm wearing number nine. Yeah. Trace McSorley song comes up. The opposite of Penn State could be Texas. Oh. Not back. And Miami. No. Not back. <laughs> Tyler Van Dyke system could be horrible. Not back. Not back. Oh my gosh. Okay, I think it's hilarious that Miami fans are like, what's going on? Mario Cristobal, what? I'm like, dude, did you watch any Oregon under Mario Cristobal? What did he do? Physical? I, I had it written down somewhere. Physical play... 
Uh, he'd destroy good quarterbacks, just Justin run Herbert. them into the ground, wouldn't let them play at all. Yeah, Justin Herbert is a prime example. And then just perennially underachieve yep. after having great recruiting classes. Miami, you literally signed up for this. Yep. You went out and you found the one man that was going to give you what you didn't want, and you hired him. 100%. What do you agree. expect? 100% agree. Exactly. Can I ask you guys one question before we close out? Uh, let's hear it. Yes. Why the heck is Florida still receiving votes? Oh. Why is Texas A&M ranked? Oh, <laughs> SEC, SEC. Why is Kentucky and Tennessee eight and nine? Somebody needs to explain that to me. N- neither of these teams have looked good. What do they have in common? They beat Florida. What else have they done? Zippo. They're in the SEC. Kentucky beat Northern Illinois at home in Kentucky by one score. Huh. Yep. I- Excuse me. Yep. Vanderbilt. Beat NIU by more points than yep. Kentucky did, Oof. and they went to NIU. I, it, I do not, I do not understand. I will never understand that. Florida's disgusting. It, it really is. Pitt, Minnesota, actually, they're another surprise team. That is not a team. Not surprise to us. True. Maybe to the media. But watch out for Minnesota. Yeah. They are a freaking good team. They are not no, getting the recognition. They are not the getting the recognition they deserve. Watch the frick out for Minnesota. It makes some noise. Any parting thoughts on college football as we kind of tie bows here? It's been a little bit of a wild episode, a little long, but we're all over the place. Thanks for hanging in with us. Uh, We're a third of the way through college football season, which is crazy to think that we're already four weeks through. It felt like we were waiting for college football for so long, and now it's flying right by our eyes. This is just your reminder to slow down, smell the roses, and enjoy college football because it will be gone from us faster than we realize. So if you have a chance, sit down, watch a game, enjoy college football. Amen. <laughs> Slow it down, enjoy it, soak it in, listen to podcasts about it. Mm. Mm. That's a good. That's a good idea, Dan. I, I like that. Yeah, that. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this next week or this next episode will be coming out on Thursday, a day earlier than usual, obviously. Extenuating circumstances regarding one not young university mm-hmm. named Brigham. Yep. Yep. Uh, playing a community college from Ogden. Okay. So uh, be prepared for that preview. We'll be dropping Thursday morning. Thursday morning. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Royal Strong and True podcast. We are very glad that you decided to stick around to the end. If you are still listening at this point, go on our Instagram and on our latest post, comment the word frame. And honestly, just comment. Just just actually, just comment. Just comment. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at LoyalToRoyalPod. Make sure you are checking out the website, RoyalStrongAndTrue.com, where you will soon find the Weekend Watch Guide for Week 5. It'll be up coming soon. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Goodbye now. KKP voters. You know Kansas. Rank them!